Kristen, it's Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, yes, it is. Pure romance. Pure romance. Love. Oh, I feel it in the air. <laughs> Do I you? I feel it, yeah. I have a little <laughs> Valentine right here in my pocket for you. It says, be my movie date, Rafer. <laughs> or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Kristen, you know, the big, the big release, as they say, this weekend is Fifty Shades of Grey. Speaking of romance, speaking of so romance, so romantic. But he says, remind remind our listeners here, if you haven't seen the trailers for this, he's not about romance. His interests are quite singular. That's right. <laughs> she wants dinner in a movie. He says, that's not my thing. <laughs> Ladies, I'm sure you've heard that before. Uh, so the big question, of course, Fifty Shades of Grey. This was the question when those millions upon millions of people all picked up the book, all three of them, the entire E.L. James trilogy. The big question is. What are we going to see? What is going to be described? What will be on film when you've got a, a S&M bondage millionaire, billionaire who's going to give it to some young, eager, willing virgin? What are we going to see? What dangerous, weird, shocking practices is so he going twisted. to, is he going so to <laughs> introduce twisted. her to? <laughs> we will tell you all. We will tell you all. And we will also tell you the one thing that Kristen noted that you do not get to see so ever. mad about it. So in mad. Fifty Shades of Grey. There are uh, actually a lot of things you don't get to see well, in this, that's, but there's one big one that you don't true. get there to see. That's true. There is one big one that you don't get to see. One big one. Big, big, <laughs> Kristen. But before, before we discuss that, we're also going to discuss Kingsman, The Secret Service, a new spy spoof comedy action thriller from uh, Matthew Vaughn, director of Kick-Ass and X-Men First Class, starring Colin Firth and... A movie pitching itself as the anti-Fifty Shades of Grey. It's called Old Fashioned. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway. And this is Movie Date. I will find her. And I will blind her. I'll unwind her. Gently bind her. Kristen, let's start with Kingsman, The Secret Service. Yes, let's start with this. It stars the great Colin Firth, who we all just love, don't we? Indeed. And in this movie, he's playing something of a James Bond sort of character. Very 1960s Bond, wearing the wonderful suits. He's got kind of the Michael Caine glasses, Mm -hmm. actually. Yes, he does. And he is a man like all Kingsmen, who are kind of descendants of knights, living and working in England. And... They work in this tailor shop, or that's their headquarters. Yeah. And then they go out into the world looking very debonair with their umbrellas that are actually killing umbrellas. And their bulletproof bespoke suits. Yes, all of those things. And their eyeglasses that are really Google glasses. They have everything, (laughs) all the contraptions. They have everything. And they go out into the world and they fight bad guys. In this movie, in addition to fighting a bad guy played by Samuel L. Jackson – and he's got a sidekick, by the way, who um, is an amputee on those kind of uh, cheetah legs. Mm-hmm. The she- uh, Oscar Pistorius yes. Blade Runner type legs, yeah. Yes. And in addition to fighting this, this bad guy and his sidekick, he also is recruiting a young man who's from the edges of society, a, 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 the lower rungs of society, you might say, because in England, class is very important. So yes. that comes into the story as well. Here's a clip. If you're prepared to adapt and learn... You can transform. Oh, like in My Fair Lady. You might be awfully surprises. Yes, like My Fair Lady. 
Only in this case, I'm offering you the opportunity to become a Kingsman. A tailor? A Kingsman agent. Like a spy. So, Kristen, let's talk first about Colin Firth, the actual star of this film. Uh, Taron Egerton is the guy who plays the, the, the young, young recruit the young recruit named Eggsy, Gary Eggsy Unwin, uh, kind of a, a British lad you know, from the, from the streets. But the real star here is Colin Firth. What did you think of him in this kind of semi-serious, semi-comedic Bond role? Oh, I thought he was perfect. I thought he was really perfect. And uh, when I saw the posters, I just thought, I hope he lives up to these posters because the posters really had me excited. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's so good at just being so suave, so sophisticated, so smooth in any situation, whether he's eating a McDonald's Big Mac yes. or <laughs> whether he's killing a bunch of people. Like, and, and not just a few people. He kills a lot of yes, people he, in this movie. Yes. There's lots of killing and it's very well choreographed killing. So, of course, while he's doing it, he looks incredibly manly, fierce and elegant all at once yes. while he's killing all of these people. In one scene, he kills about 60 people in one minute. Probably more than that, I would say. Yeah, probably. it's yes. unbelievable yes. how great he is in this role and yet always just looking like he he would never even wrinkle a cuff on his shirt yes he just looks perfect the whole time he's really he's really the best possible choice you could have for that role um he's just he's got that kind of just that kind of inborn what do you call that to the manor born kind of style yes. right yes. he's just he's very he's very regency but he's also very now very modern um, yeah, he's great. I think he's really good. I think the kid, Taron Egerton, I think is actually quite good as Eggsy. Um, oh, yeah. He's super likable. And you see his full transformation because we aren't just seeing him be recruited. We're seeing him compete against a bunch of other possible recruits to see who right. can rise to the top of the class. And watching him versus the other young recruits, it's really fantastic to see yeah. how he may or may not edge them out and... Uh, and and how they all transform themselves, but particularly him, how he transforms himself. And then let us not forget um, Samuel L. Jackson as Richmond Valentine, who is this <laughs> sort of a kind of somewhere between Steve Jobs and Richard Branson, but evil. And he's got, uh, I think, two things that make him stand out in this film. He has uh, a ridiculous lisp that he, mm -hmm. that he plays throughout the entire film. And I was wondering, do you think people with speech impediments, there's probably some activist group who might be upset about that? You know, I have no idea. I actually if, really thought about that watching is this. Is that right? Yeah, I thought about it. That's interesting. Um, you know... I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to see if Twitter blows up about that. If everyone starts a campaign against Kings <laughs> to boy, boycott Samuel L. Jackson's speech impediment, um, I thought it was kind of funny, a little overdone. What I really liked was his uh, his flavor flavor wardrobe. I like I like yes, his, I like his matching his sneakers. He has so outfit. many great sneakers. That was very funny, and he's really good in this. Um, he's playing one of these. Much like in Unbreakable, actually, he's playing one of those villains who knows he's a villain and has a vague sense that he might actually be in a movie. And I kind of like that about that. Yeah, it reminded me actually of Kick-Ass in that way. Yes. Where, you know, it's got this self-awareness. It's got this sense of humor. But can I just say right now? Yeah. This is so much better than Kick-Ass. Oh, you like this better than Kick-Ass? So much better than Kick-Ass. It Interesting. is so good. This is so enjoyable. You liked it that much. I loved this movie. I laughed. I was on the edge of my seat with these action sequences. I just felt like it was a fantastic ride. They are not afraid to do anything to charm me with great outfits, with great action, with great humor, and gratuitous puppies. Yes, that's oh, right. That's those right. gratuitous puppies. Every are... recruit gets a puppy. Oh, and the puppies are so cute. Yes, oh, they're my very gosh. cute. If you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast, 
I just have an isolated scene there with the puppies. Yes. Just, just look at those cute puppies. And Eggsy, of course, gets a pug. Oh, he does. It's so cute. I <laughs> thought this movie was okay. I thought, okay. I thought Kingsman The Secret Service was an okay date. I think... Some things about it that I liked were the costumes, the sets. Uh, a lot of the action sequences look really good. Um, again, the, that one particular sequence with Colin Firth sort of masterminding this bloodbath in a room. I won't say more than that. That's really the set piece of the film. That's almost like worth the price of admission. But I did feel that it was all just a little bit jokey, winky, ha-ha, and there's not a lot of real human emotion in the film, which, frankly, I did think was in Kick-Ass. And so I didn't oh, get that here I in totally this film. I totally disagree. Really? I totally disagree. I think that there's a lot of human emotion there. I felt that these were, as much as they could be fully formed characters in a cartoon, they actually were. Huh. And I got very attached to Colin Firth. Well, and... now, that's kind of the, that's, again, like one of the reasons why I think Colin Firth has such a perfect cast for this part because I feel like even when the script is not actually wringing that emotion out of you, Colin Firth kind of will. He's just, he's so good. He's but so I, good. I don't know, but you but you, you thought this was like a great date? I thought this was a great date. I think Kingsman is such a great date that it might be the best date so far this year. Wow, no kidding. I had such a good time. I laughed, I cheered, I wanted to go out and kick some ass, I wanted to wear a cute suit. Make I someone's want, head explode. I wanted to have a pug. I wanted to do it all. After watching this, I just... And it, oh. I really love Kings. Great date for me. Great, right. great, great date. Okay, interesting. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you like that. Yeah. And also, it may not seem like it's a good Valentine's Day date, but remember, the villain's name is Valentine. So oh, that's I right. I think everyone should go out and see it this weekend. That's right. Good yeah. point. Yeah. All right. Well, Kristen, lead us into the next film. Something called Old Fashioned. Yeah. So Old Fashioned is a smaller release. It's um, in a little over 200 theaters this week. And it's kind of billing itself as the anti-Fifty Shades of Grey. In this story, our main character is a man who, his tastes are quite singular. No, <laughs> not really. Actually, his so philosophy is quite his singular. His philosophy is quite singular. He believes in biblical dating. He believes that, and I mean that in the true Duggar sense of the word, like no kissing yep. before marriage, yep. no being alone in a room with a woman. Yep. You have to have a chaperone at all times. No dating because he says dating just teaches you how to date. It doesn't teach you how to be married. It doesn't teach you how to be in a relationship. He's got a lot of rules that he lives by, much like a certain man with a last name Gray. Lots of rules <laughs> that he lives by. And here's a clip. So you won't be alone with a woman? That's a plan. Anywhere? Within reason. What does that mean? Out in the open, in public, that's okay. Anyway, just a small part of my theory. Which is? I don't believe that dating trains us to be good husbands and wives. So our old-fashioned guy, by the way, his name is Clay, not Gray, in this movie. <laughs> Clay. <laughs> Clay. You're going you're gonna to stretch that analogy. You're, <laughs> you're going to push it. You're going to push it, Kristen. Good for you. Go for it. Go for it. So Clay is living in middle America. He lives in Ohio in a small town because that's that's what we have in these kinds of biblical faith-based movies. Small town America, this love for an era that maybe doesn't exist anymore. And a young woman moves to this town and she is quite flirty and she's quite interested in him. Vivacious. Vivacious and full of life and he isn't going to be sucked in by her ways. Or is he? <laughs> 
So <laughs> he, he does find himself a little bit enchanted with her. And his way of keeping her at arm's length is to constantly put these rules into place. Like, oh, the Bible says this. I'm not supposed to do this with you. Let's go to church. And he keeps on putting up these barriers and these rules. But what it comes down to is he's just very damaged. Mm-hmm. And he's had a past that he's not totally proud of. And maybe all of these rules are just putting up walls because he's scared of love. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a lot of hurt in there. And I would argue that that might be the same theme as Fifty Shades of Grey. I think you've got a very good point there, Kristen. I think you've done a, I think you've done a marvelous job with that thesis. A plus. <laughs> a plus on that. Now, old-fashioned, I would say they would not be happy if I was saying that this is just like Fifty Shades of Grey since they're <laughs> trying to build not. themselves as anti-Fifty Shades. There's no nudity. There's no sex. No. Um, That's what happens when your hero is a carpenter. (laughs) Carpenters can be very sexy. I'm just saying, like Jesus. Oh, oh. I kind of of couldn't believe that. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little little stunned they went there. But anyway, yes. So I'm going to say that old-fashioned, I think there's going to be a certain population out there that's just going to love this movie. And among those people who might love it are actually people who are not faith-based who like that the final message is stop hiding behind your Bible and live life. Hmm. Stop using your Bible as an excuse for not doing things that you could be doing, not living up to your full potential. Stop being so sanctimonious because that's kind of the lesson in the end of the movie, which I was really surprised by in a faith-based movie. And in the end, I thought, this isn't a bad date. It's not a great date, but I mean, it's definitely not as bad as some of the other movies that I've seen this month. I think, I think, the people, I think people will like it if they want to be um, liberated from having to follow the rudimentary rules of filmmaking. <laughs> I think, I think, I think if you don't, I think if you, if you're sick of having one line of dialogue follow another one with with any kind of like as as an irrational conversation, or if you want the camera to switch logically from one person's face to another in a scene so that you can tell what's going on, the, I think if you're tired of all that. I think this movie will free you. It will, it will be a freeing, freeing experience. That's what I would say about old fashioned. This freed you. Yes, it's, I'm Fifty Shades freed oh, from from that. Okay, that kind of day. All right, it's that kind of day. And I will take her. And I will break her. She will be mine now, forevermore. All right, Kristen. Would you please tell us what Fifty Shades of Grey is about? I almost feel like you should. You read the book. I had a copy of this book on my bedside table for two years. A friend gave it to me because... And you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, couldn't crack, crack it open? open? No, because this friend gave it to me because she was in a book club that they thought it would be funny to read Fifty Shades of Grey. This was several years ago. And she just couldn't do it. And no, then she did gave, anyone find it funny? And, and then she gave the book to me and she said, well, maybe you can read it for fun. And... <laughs> So I kept it by my bedside table for two years. Never once opened it. And, and, but you did. You had a copy by your bed as well. And you actually opened the book, Rafer. I read the entire thing. I read the entire book from start to finish. Wow. Yep. And? I want some credit for that. You? <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want payment, actually. Really? Would you like a new car? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I want. Yeah. I know what you want. So let's let's talk about the book, the movie. 
after reading the book, were you excited about the movie? You know, the rights were, you know, gobbled up right away for the book because the book did such gangbusters. Random House, everybody at Random House got a giant bonus that year because it sold so many books. I mean, it's millions upon millions of copies, not just the first one, all three. All three sold very well. Um, well, do you want me to tell you what it's about, Kristen? Well... Doesn't everybody know? I think everyone knows, but we'll just say briefly, as if you don't know, uh, this is the story of Christian Gray. He's a billionaire, mogul, businessman of some kind. Uh, he's headquartered out of Seattle. Uh, 27 one day, years old. 27 years old. Hugely famous ha- and handsome. Handsome, athletic. Um, and uh, one day into his office stumbles, literally stumbles, Anastasia Steele. She's a mousy college student from the university nearby. She's just filling in for her friend who's a reporter, but she's going to fill in and do this little interview with Christian Gray because he's going to fill in. He's going <laughs> to wait for it. Wait. Just wait a minute before you start doing that. Uh, you've, already, you've already said gobbled up and gangbusters. We, we, we got to stop. We've got to stop. Oh, my God. I cannot she, stop. I cannot she, stop. Anyway, she meets Christian Grey, little little mousy, mousy Anastasia Steele meets Christian Grey, and they're both riveted. They're riveted by each other. They have to be together, except there's a problem. Christian Grey is a, is a bondage freak. He's got kinks. He's got a red room of pain. He's got whips and chains and handcuffs, and he wants to introduce her to this dark world of forbidden pleasures. She's not so sure. She's never even had sex before. Here's a clip. Listen to me. I don't do romance. My tastes are very singular. You wouldn't understand. What's going to happen? Will she submit? Will she? Well, I have some questions here. I have a long list of questions to go over here, Rafer. Okay. One of the first things, his tastes are quite singular. Yep. He, he He doesn't do romance. Nope. Why can't you do both? Uh, well, can't you do romance and do a little slap me around and tie me up, tie me down, and a little bit? You're the boss, and I'm your baby. Can you do afraid, a little bit of that? He's afraid of intimacy. He's if he doesn't want to be touched, just he, like old fashioned. Just like old fashioned. <laughs> he can't be touched. Anastasia uh, Steele is is constantly saying, "Why can't I touch you? Why can't he touch you?" But he won't explain it. It's too it's too painful. He's but got some he's, scars on his chest. He doesn't know what those are about either. Where did those come from? He won't talk about it. So uh, I like that the scars are actually physical and not just emotional. Yeah, because just in case you don't understand you his see? emotional scars, it's nice to have it all like shown to you. That's right. Well, uh, Kristen, let's give a brief shout out to the two leads in this film. That's Jamie Dornan playing Christian Grey, and that's Dakota Johnson, daughter of Don Melanie. Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Yeah, and granddaughter of Tippi Hedren. That's right. That's right. Of the birds. Yes, that's right. So she comes comes from a long line. Hollywood royalty, you might say. I actually thought she's pretty good in the role of Anastasia Steele. What did you think? I think they both have fantastic bodies. Mm. My God, they both look really, their bodies are terrific. They're both really good looking people. I didn't think their bodies were that great. What? I mean, they're better than mine, but I'm you just saying. You didn't like how they looked? I thought they looked pretty good. I thought Jamie Dornan looked kind of okay. He's a little small. He seems a little you small. You want him bigger and more built up? Yeah, I th- you I want just, your man like Hulk Hogan? I thought, I thought he was going to be kind of Ryan Guzman type. Right, remember Ryan Guzman from Boy Next Door? He's pretty, you know, got some. He's pretty hunky dude, and Jamie Dornan just seemed kind of wiry. Oh, I thought that was fine. Oh, okay, you're all right with that because you know his power doesn't come from his heft, his 
<laughs> mm. um, his power comes from from other areas. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Aha. but I would say that you know there's a lot of giggling that's happening in this movie from her mostly. Yeah, she's doing a lot. Of, hey, hey, oh, oh, really? Oh, your playroom? Oh, is there an Xbox in there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, I thought she was the one person in this film that seemed to have a little sense of humor about everything. And there is uh, there's these very funny moments where he'll say something that's a little bit, uh, I don't know what to call it, off color or sort of bizarre. And she'll have a little kind of guffaw. She'll actually have like a, uh, and I kind of thought, well, thank God someone else is reacting that way besides me. Am I the only one guffawing at this guy? At least she's got a little sense of humor about the whole thing. And I thought that was, I thought that was refreshing. She seemed intelligent to me. She seemed to react to the situation at times, at least, in a way that a normal person would. <laughs> if someone, for instance, presented you with a lengthy legal contract in which you would sign away your rights to free agency and agree to be beaten and have sex toys used on you and et cetera, et cetera, in graphic, graphic detail, she kind of reacts with this kind of like, oh, what? <laughs> and I kind of thought that was good. I thought she was okay. Him, far less impressive. No sense of humor. No heat, no energy. He's not supposed no to, though. He's just supposed to be stiff. He's supposed to be rules. He's, he's supposed, supposed to be, to be guarded. He's supposed to be... Yeah, he's supposed to be <laughs> stiff and... <laughs> Sorry, Christian. I can't help it. it. I, can't... I can't stop it. Okay. Okay, but I I will say you, you touched on something here. The no heat. It no heat. It never really felt like they were that much into the sex with each other. No. Like, if you're going to have a sex movie... Have the two people hungry for each other. Have them act in a way where they want each other. Right. And it doesn't seem like they want each other. He just seems like, I have these rules. And she's like, oh, I'm a virgin and you might want to have sex with me. But it doesn't actually feel like they're hungry for each other. Well, but, well and also, you know, uh, and this I think is the, the director is to blame. Sam Taylor Johnson. It's a, uh, Samantha. She's a, it's a woman. She goes by Sam Taylor Johnson. It's, she's the wife of uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson from Kick-Ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's written by a woman too, uh, Kelly Marcel. Um, but I feel like, I feel like somehow Sam Taylor Johnson c- can't get these sex scenes to have any like life or energy or or sweat to them. I mean, I mean, and really, quite literally, everyone's body is very cool and dry. You never like. Mm. I kept thinking like, you know, you could just no break out, sweating. break no out the mist bottle and and and, <laughs> and and wet those guys down. Give us some little something to look at. But everyone's just perfectly cool, perfectly dry. They're all making love in like blue light with Beyonce on in the background, which I thought was idiotic. Or saxophone solos. Or candles. Yeah. And you're touching on another thing that I yeah. think is really important here: that no sweat, that. Soft. It actually made me feel like I was watching any sort of romantic late night television show, like a love scene from Dallas in the 1980s exactly. or something. And I thought, I don't want to watch a romance. I want to watch a sex movie. Right. Isn't <laughs> that what I wa- showed up for? If I'm going to watch a romance, there are a million other places I can go. I can go to the Hallmark Channel. I can go to, right. but, you know, ABC Family. This really just felt like a romance to me. And um, all the same tropes of a romance. Oh, I see a virgin and I want her. Oh, you're an experienced man and you're going to seduce me and buy me presents. Oh, the first time you touch me, it's just going to be so shiver making that I won't be able to resist biting my lower lip. Right. Everything is very, I don't know, ro- romantic in a way that's 
totally not sexy because it's following the tropes of romance, but they don't really seem to like each other. Well, and then the right. sex just isn't hot. Right. The sex is kind of the opposite of hot. As you said, blue lights. Yeah. I mean, and really, what is what would you say is the, is the kinkiest thing we ever the the, the kinkiest <laughs> most kind of eye popping whoa hey Can you're I, really getting into some crazy territory there what would you say is the kinkiest thing you I, see in this film I need to say the one that made me laugh the hardest where yes. he acted as if it was going to be the kinkiest thing because he says Anastasia you remember your safe words don't you oh yes and she says red and yellow and yellow and he says good because you're gonna need them and then he. Reaches over and he picks up a really pretty feather, like a peacock a feather. Peacock feather, that's right. And then he runs it down her stomach. Coochie coo. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, this is why she needs her freaking safe word, right? Because you have a really pretty feather that you just took out, right? Really, right? This is, so that's the only scene where she actually needs to know her safe words, and right. then nothing happens. It's like blue lights and a feather, right? But, we got we got the ice cube in the mouth. We got the 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 peacock feather. Also, most of the... The writing I, crop. I kept on waiting for the BDSM to happen, and I kept on turning to people around me like, when is the BDSM going to happen? No, it, no. Because there's... first you hold her by her wrists, then you hold her by her wrists with your and the, with sil- your the silk tie, tie. The silk tie. And then you hold her by her wrists with some cuffs. But inevitably, it's just like the same thing over and over again. Like, oh, I'm grabbing your wrists and holding them above your head. Right. Just with a different thing every single time. Right. And that's it. I thought, when is the actual... You know, kink gonna start happening. Cause... That's that's what I. I mean, li- you know, listen. I've I've read my Marquis de Sade. I've read my <laughs> Anais Nin. I've read. Uh, I don't know if anyone else out there knows about Bob Flanagan, super masochist. Mm. That I've guy did lot, some things. I've read a lot more smutty stuff than all of that. I love smut, but you know yeah. what? This is not smut. You, you keep. I'm kind of like you know. Why don't you guys just break out the edible panties and the whipped cream? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And just just cut just cut loose, man. Really go off the deep end. And I, I it's just it's fascinating to me that this is what passes for I don't know what adventurousness in the bedroom, holding someone's wrists. Doesn't yeah. everybody do that all the time? I mean, I you know, I, it, it's just it it all just seemed so incredibly tame to me. And Kristen, as you pointed out, there is one thing that it didn't never even occurred to me until you mentioned this. There is one thing we never see in this film. Yeah, it just really raised an eyebrow for me, and it made me wonder, were they not allowed to show it? Why does no one ever get to have an orgasm in this? You're right. No one Why ever does. does no one ever get to have an orgasm? If we're going to watch a really racy, sexy, kinky movie, if you're not going to give us racy, and if you're not going to give us kinky, you better give us orgasms. Or Exactly. But you're right. They do the, they do the classic Hollywood thing. They fade, fade, they to black. fade to black. The camera moves away. We fade to the next morning. It's all uh, breakfast in bed. Look, I'm holding your wrists. You're inhaling deeply going, oh, right. you're holding my wrists. And then you're going to get on top of me, and then we fade to black. Yeah, you're right. That's it. That is it. It's like, come on. Right. Really? Right. That's all we get? You're, really? And I, re- and I think I think my main objection to this film is that what's really going on here is that there's a young woman who's falling for a rich guy, and she'll do pretty much anything because he's rich. Every time he, she says, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to be beaten. He says, how about a ride in my helicopter? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, this whole relationship is so weird. I don't, I don't like this lack of intimacy. And why do you want to punish me? Here's a new car. 
Okay. I know you're just thinking this is pretty woman. Yeah. Well, I, ju- I just I kind of like what, and I feel like the neither the book nor the film is brave enough to acknowledge which ac- what's actually going on here. I just kind of feel like that's the real domination that we're talking about, right? That's the actual subjugation we're talking about. That's when you're you're actually submitting yourself to a guy's wallet. That's what's really going on here. And why don't we all just acknowledge that that's what's happening? There's a rich guy. You don't want to have that kind of sex, but he's so rich, man. He's got so much money. And so she does. Also, End of story. I can see where you're coming from, but I also wonder, like, she doesn't want to have, quote, that kind of sex. What kind of sex? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not the ice cube. I keep going back to that again. I know I should just let this go and... You know, I know. I, I, look, I, I know. Just keep on thinking. None of the sex is sexy, right? And at the end, and, then, and by the and after a while, I'm kind of like, what am I watching? I'm just watching. I'm just watching two people who keep having sex, but it's just she's not Boring. getting the, the cuddles that she wants, and then that's kind of it. We're gonna have sex, and we're not gonna cuddle. But I want to cuddle. Here's a car. <laughs> is that good enough for you? It is actually. Yeah, yeah, that actually is. I'll be back. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I it, thought this was just a ridiculous a laugh riot, though? It's a laugh riot. I, not, here's the thing. Not funny enough to be a laugh riot. Not nearly funny enough to be a laugh riot. That's the problem. It's just, it's a bore. But it's a complete bore. come on. Everyone bore. in the theater was laughing with People, us. I heard People about were laughing. Five, five laughs. I heard about five laughs in there. I but heard if more laughs. If I'm going to call this a camp I classic, so I, I, want, I want actual howls. <laughs> I, want like, I want like Jupiter ascending howls. <laughs> I, want, I want like real like gut, gut from, your, from your, your solar plexus howling. And I didn't get that from this. I thought Fifty Shades of Grey was a terrible, terrible day. And I can't I, I know, as you pointed out this morning, Kristen, it's supposed to make $60 million this weekend, which clearly means we got two more in the can because it's a trilogy. <laughs> But I just I can't believe I can't believe people are going to like this movie. I can't believe it's going to be a big success, and I can't believe anybody's going to turn out for the second one. But there you go. I disagree. I think it's going to make a lot of money, and there are all those people out there who maybe really just want a romance, and maybe Fifty Shades is so popular right now. The books, the movie, all of this. I think the popularity is because it's really targeting a romance crowd, not, I guess, a, not a smut crowd. And for people who like romance, I think they're going to see it. I think they're going to buy the tickets. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. All right. Well, enough Fifty Shades. Let's talk about sweatpants, but let's not do that quite yet. Let's take a brief break first. And when we're back, we'll talk about sweatpants and, of course, do some trivia. I'm Rafer Guzman. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is Movie Date. And we want to remind you, you can always call us at 5717movies just to give us some feedback, criticize us, love us, you know, phone sex us, whatever you want to do. Don't phone sex us, actually. <laughs> you, can, you can always, you can always uh, drop an ice cube in our navel. Oh, oh so racy. <laughs> <laughs> you can also visit us at facebook.com slash Podcast. We have a lot of fun stuff up there right now in honor of Fifty Shades, including the Lego version of the movie trailer, which is awfully cute when the little Lego figures tie each other up and it's so sexy, but they're Legos. It's so cute. We always have cute stuff. Plus, we have that cute pug dog. That's right. (laughs) From Kingsman on there. Anywho, let's put on our stretchy pants because it's time for us to talk about what you can watch on the couch. You're wearing sweatpants. 
It's Monday. Who am I, the Queen of England? I don't know, does the Queen of England only wear sweatpants? When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. Kristen, what's our sweatpants pick for this week? This week comes from you, Rafer. This is a great idea on your part. This is an adaptation of a miniseries from Australia. It's called The Slap, and it just premiered on NBC, and it's only eight parts. It's an all-star movie star cast. Yeah. Uh, we have Tanya Newton, who I've always just loved. We have Peter Sarsgaard playing her husband. They're kind of a well-to-do couple living in New York. I think they're living in Park Slope, Brooklyn, but Rafer, think, you're not so sure I about think that. it's Manhattan. Okay. All right. And then we have Zachary Quinto, who is Peter Sarsgaard's cousin, who's kind of a loose cannon, uh, big temper, and he is a very well-to-do man, very, very well off. He's got a specialty car uh, sales company that, you know, he might sell Carmen Gias that have been driven by James Bond, those kinds right. of things. And then we have some other friends and neighbors that are in their circle, other family members, including Uma Thurman is one of them. Yep. Uh, so it's all star. There are a lot of people who are famous in this who we know best from the movies. And the plot is they're all there in this world where they're all 40-somethings with kids. And one day at a backyard barbecue party, one of the kids who's getting quite out of hand, swinging around a bat, almost hitting another kid in the head, Zachary Quinto's character, after yelling at the kid, put down the bat, put down the bat, actually goes down to this kid, takes the bat away, the kid kicks him, and Zachary Quinto then hits him. Yep. Here's a clip. That's it, Hugo. You're out. No, I get another turn. No, you get another turn. Gary, maybe uh, Hugo shouldn't be swinging the bat like that. Hey, Hugo, you're out, buddy. You had three strikes. Uh, I'll explain it to you later. We'll practice. Not your turn anymore. Hey, Hugo. Hey, put down the bat right now. Rock, go. Hugo, Hugo. Hey, put down the bat. Huh? Listen, when adults talk to you, you listen to what they're saying. Yeah? Why are you swinging the bat at Rocco like that? So it's called The Slap because of that slap, which happens in the first episode of the show. And then we explore what happens after that because the family that, you know, that's not his own kid. Not his kid, right. Yeah, this is somebody else's kid at the backyard party. Uh, are they going to press charges? How is the community going to react? Are the other friends in the circle going to stand by him? How is he going to legally work through all this and in his public image work through all this? And Rafer, the premiere episode just aired last night. Mm -hmm. I've seen the first day. Yep, and I've seen a few episodes now. What did you think of this? Okay, I've, I've seen only the pilot. Okay. Um, directed by uh, uh, my favorite, Lisa Cholodenko. Oh, I love her. Kids I love are her. all right. High yeah. art. So uh, good. Topanga Canyon and also Olive Kittredge, which you also yes. loved. Yes, yes. Um, and so I think she does a pretty good job of getting us into this world. Um, Although my, my one objection might be that I'm already in that world. And in fact, <laughs> that's it, why it, I thought it was Park Slope. I'm like, isn't this Rafer and his friends? <laughs> you just that's, that's the only reason you thought that. <laughs> yeah, it um, yeah it hits very close to home. Uh, <laughs> Peter Peter Sarsgaard is you know he's in his 40s. He's just he's just turned 40. Uh, you know he's just he's just been passed over for a promotion. You know his marriage is, is getting under some strain. They've got kids that are you know putting some strain on them. He's He's trying to quit smoking. He's not doing a very good job of it. He's popping Valium. He's screwing his babysitter. His, you know, his wife is bitchy to his family. You know, there's all this kind of stuff going on. And Peter Sarsgaard, who 
is so great. You can really feel that kind of you feel that kind of stress. You feel that push pull in him of you know this is this is the life I've built and I and I love it. But God, does it stress me out sometimes? <laughs> um, and he's really good at that. And the world that that is created here is really good. Um, I like that. I'm a little I'm a little confused slash concerned about how how they're going to go about for the rest of this series splitting our time between Peter Sarsgaard, who's clearly the main character, and Zachary Kinto, who is who has his cousin, who, his cousin who has done the thing in which we are most interested. And so I feel like there's sort of a two-pronged attack there, and I'm wondering how that's going to play out structurally and as the episodes go forward. But um I thought it was pretty compelling. I love the idea. It's based on a novel, uh, by the way. It's, I mean, oh, it was, it was an Australian that. miniseries first, but before that it was a novel. Um, I love the idea of, uh, you know, again, if you're a parent, uh, you've, certainly been, you've certainly been tempted at a, at a birthday party <laughs> to take someone else's kid and shut that kid up and teach that kid a lesson. Um, I, think that's, I think that's a really interesting situation and a realistic situation. And so I'm very curious to see how it play out. I liked this a lot. I liked this a lot. I wasn't bowled over, but I thought it was really interesting. I also really liked it. I really want to see where it's going. I love Cheladenko. I love the stars in this. And I just what I'm also curious about though is is the rest of the country gonna like this? Because You think it it's feels, too New Yorky? It feels pretty New Yorky, but you know, I, I kind of hope the rest of the country likes it because I think here's my own bias here. I don't think network TV is necessarily the best place for smart, clever TV these days. Hmm. I think, you know, Netflix has that cornered. I think AMC has it cornered. I think a lot of other places do. And so I think that this is smarter and more clever than a lot of the other network TV shows. And I think this is kind of NBC's attempt to do something like what the rest of the cable stations are doing. This seemed, I mean, when's the last time you saw... A, a really good dramatic eight-part miniseries with this great cast and a named director on a, on the networks. North and South. Oh, okay. Roots. Well, okay. The Thornbirds. Right. Well, well, Roots. <laughs> okay, that's going back a ways. I'm old. I'm old enough to remember Roots. Okay, uh, but you know what I'm saying. I feel like they're. I feel like this is them trying to do an Olive Kittredge. This is them yeah. trying to do. This is NBC's idea. As we've said before, you and I have talked about this. You know, television. You know. Cable is eating networks' lunch. Oh yeah, right. And so I, I think this is NBC's attempt to kind of get that lunch back a little bit. We'll see how it goes. I, I I was I was intrigued at least by this pilot. Yeah, me too. So that's our sweatpants pick for the week. The slap. The slap. All right. Let's wrap things up as we always do, Rafer, with trivia. What did we ask last week? Last week we were talking about Jupiter ascending, in which Channing Tatum <laughs> played a. Lycanthon. He he's a half man, half wolf. He's not a he's not a lycanthrope. He's a lycanthon, and so that made us think uh, so many things. But it made us think of uh, other movies in which you had these uh, half animal, half human hybrids. We chose one movie that we figured you'd get. Here's the clip that we played. I'm doing something in here. I'll say. You may be surprised. Whatever it is, son, you can tell me. I'll understand. Oh, 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 no, Dad. Ah, no, not this time. And lo and behold, we got the right answer. Hi, Rafer and Kristen. This is Amanda Berlin calling from the East Village in New York, and I'm calling to answer the movie date trivia, which 
listening to that clip had me grinning like an idiot as I walked down the street, and I think I even made a new friend just because I was smiling. But, of course, the answer is Teen Wolf, one of my absolute favorites from childhood. But thanks for picking it. Made me smile. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Oh, Amanda, great job. And we just love the idea of you walking down the street, listening to us and laughing. That makes us so happy, just imagining you walking down the street and laughing. And reminder to other listeners, a lot of you we know called in. We can only randomly select one each week. So this week it was Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. And this week we have a totally different kind of trivia question. In honor of Fifty Shades of Grey, there are a lot of movies that have some BDSM. uh, And we thought of this movie. Rebecca, when you first met Andrew, how did you know that he he was like you? I was at a party and there was a huge crowd of people, but we just saw each other and we knew. Just like that? Yeah. Now... If you happen to know what that movie is, with a little bit of BDSM in it, you should definitely give us a call at 5717movies. Or you can visit us at our website, facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast. This is the night that you will learn to submit. It's not like we 